the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Hello and welcome as we lift up Jesus with Pastor Dudley Rutherford. I'm Kyle Welch. This program is part of an outreach ministry from Shepherd Church located in Los Angeles, California. Everything we do at Shepherd is based around John 3.14 that teaches us to lift up the name of Jesus that the world might believe. We want to come alongside you in your journey with God and help you become stronger in your faith so you can better serve Jesus and share him with others. Our pastor is Dudley Rutherford, and we join him right now with his message for us today. As you know, we're in a series, if you're new to our church, a series called 316. And uh, we're looking at different verses in the Bible that have that reference. And we started two weeks ago looking at John 3.16. Last weekend we looked at Joel 3.16. And today I want you to take your Bibles and turn to the book of Matthew. And we're going to look at Matthew 3.16. Also inside your bulletin are some notes. And as always, uh, I, I hope that you'll take notes and follow along. Matthew is an interesting uh, text that we're looking at today. We're looking at the text where Jesus is baptized. Matthew, what you need to know about Matthew is that it's the start or the beginning of what we call the New Testament. The Old Testament uh, is over. Everybody say goodbye Old Testament. Say goodbye Old Testament. It's gone. It's... it's, uh, There are 39 books in the Old Testament, and there are 27 books in the New Testament, and the first four books of the New Testament, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Now, the Old Testament, uh, usually in your Bible, there's a page, just a, a blank page, usually, in your Bible between the Old Testament and the New Testament. That blank page represents 400 years of silence. That's important to our story today. That the Old Testament, 39 books, you have the Old Testament prophets, and then everything is silent for 400 years. And after 400 years of silence, as we come to the New Testament... This guy named John the Baptist appears. And John the Baptist is kind of a strange guy. Uh, He's probably got long hair, probably hadn't had a bath. Uh, He's half crazy. Uh, The Bible says in Matthew 3, verse 4, that John's clothes were made of camel hair. He had a leather belt around his waist, and he ate locusts that's what he ate locusts now a good crowd here today 
I don't think anybody here had locusts this week. Most of you ate normal food. So he's a crazy guy, and, and the Bible says in verse 5 that this is John the Baptist, that he went out, uh, people went out to him from Jerusalem and all Judea and the entire region of the Jordan. Jordan is a river that goes north and south all uh, throughout Israel. So he's out in the wilderness, but people are coming from the city, from Jerusalem and Judea. They're coming from everywhere, and they're going out to the wilderness to see this guy. And when they get there, verse 6, they, peep, the people are confessing their sins, and they were being baptized by him in the river Jordan. This is like a religious woodstock going on here. Now, don't forget, at this time, the Old Testament is still into effect. It's still, it's still the way that things are. And John the Baptist, or what we call John the Baptizer, he was the forerunner. Everybody say forerunner. He's the forerunner for the Christ. In other words, John the Baptist is this bridge. He's a bridge between the Old Testament and the Old Testament prophets, who we've not heard from for 400 years, and he's a bridge between the Old Testament and the coming of the New Testament and the coming Messiah, as we know to be the Lord Jesus Christ. And in verse 11, this is John verse three. Verse, uh, this is Matthew. This is Matthew three verse 11. John says these words as these people are flocking out to see him out there in the wilderness, baptizing them, he says, I baptize you with water for repentance. But after me is coming one who is more powerful than I, whose sandals I'm not even fit to carry. And when he gets here, He's going to baptize you with the Holy Spirit and with fire. So out in the desert, this wild guy is preaching repentance. People coming from everywhere out to see him. He's baptizing people left and right. Great crowds are following him. If there were TV commercials back then, he would have been called the most interesting man in the world. He had far more Instagram followers than any of the Pharisees. And he's hanging out there at the River Jordan with all these people. And he announces in verse 11, hey, don't get all goo-goo-eyed over me. Because there's one who is coming after me that I'm not even worthy to carry his sandals. You've got to get that. And it happened just as he said it would happen. One day out of nowhere, according to verse 13, Jesus appears. And it says that Jesus came from Galilee to the Jordan to be baptized by who? By this crazy guy, John. And I can just see John out there. You know, he's got, he's got locust, feet, locust stuff hanging off his mouth. He's about to repent and he's baptizing people and... He looks up and here's Jesus. His eyes get about this big. And for the first time in his life, he's speechless. And Jesus says, I've come to be baptized. John, I want you to baptize me. Verse 14 says that John tries, now we're working up to verse 16, 
where Jesus is actually baptized. But verse 14 says that Jesus, that John tried to talk Jesus out of it. It says that John tried to deter him saying, I need to be baptized by you. Do you come to me? In other words, if anybody's going to be doing any baptizing, Jesus, you're going to baptize me. I'm not baptizing you. This is kind of like if you were, you know, in the backyard trying to show your 12-year-old son how to throw a baseball, and you look over, and here's Clayton Kershaw. (laughs) Or you're trying to teach your 16-year-old son how to throw a football, and you look over, and you see Tom Brady. And you'd say, son, son, I'm not even worthy to carry his cleats. John the Baptist says, ah, there's one coming after me. You think that I'm doing something special. There's one coming after me. I'm not even worthy to carry his sandals. He said, if anybody's going to be doing any baptism, Jesus, uh, I- I'm not baptizing you. You're baptizing me. Notice what happens in verse 15. Jesus replied, let it be so. What's the word? Right now. For it is, what's the word? Proper. We had some people that came all the way from England this this morning. They were at church. And they they know this word. It is proper. John's going, oh, no, I'm not baptizing. Oh, Jesus, oh, you're baptizing me right now. We're not arguing about this. Because it is proper for us to do this to fulfill All righteousness, and then John consented. Now, we're not even at verse 16 yet. But before we read verse 16, I want to answer this question. Why would Jesus be baptized? He'd never sinned. John's out there doing these baptisms of repentance. People are going out there confessing his sins, and Jesus shows up and wants to be baptized. Why would Jesus be baptized? We have to answer that question. He'd never sinned. He'd never said a bad word. How many of you, be honest, we're in church. Raise your hand if you have ever said a bad word. Raise your hand if you've ever said, okay, see, you need to repent. (laughs) Jesus, Jesus never said a bad word. He had nothing to repent of. He'd never had a bad thought in his head. He'd never committed a bad deed. And yet he's getting baptized. There, there's several reasons for this. It's, 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 it's proper. It was just, it was the right thing to do. Write this down, number one. I think he was baptized to set an example for us. I mean, that's the low rung there of reasons. But Jesus always set an example, didn't he? Didn't Jesus set an example for us on how to pray? And doesn't Jesus set an example for us on how to forgive? And doesn't he set an example for us on how to love? And doesn't he set an example for us on how to sacrifice? And doesn't Jesus set an example for us on how to obey? Well, it just makes sense that he would do this partially just to set an example for us. Number two, I think he did this to signify the beginning of his ministry. His ministry is getting ready to begin. Now, he's about 30 years of age, and you need to know that we know a little bit about his early years. We know that he was born in Bethlehem. We know that, 
And we know that Jesus was raised in a town called Nazareth. We have one story about Jesus when he was 12, when he was at the temple and his, his, his parents left and they couldn't find him and they found him back at the temple. And other than that, we don't know any, if you think about it, we don't know anything about Jesus from the time he was born to when he was about 30 years of age when he's baptized. And he's going to live for about three more years, three and a half more years. He, he dies when he's about 33 and a half. And so at age 30, he's baptized. And we believe that part of this was he was initiating, okay, I've been here 30 years, but I'm getting ready to start my ministry. And so he's, he's, he's baptized. And then most of what you read in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John are all the stories that took place those last three and a half years of his life. Reason number three, write this down. He's baptized, I believe, to symbolize his ministry as the suffering servant of Isaiah chapter 53. I'll explain. To symbolize his ministry as the suffering servant. Everybody say suffering servant. That phrase is found in Isaiah chapter 53. And if you read Isaiah chapter 53, it, it, it explains in detail, and, and I, I'm, I'm trying not to confuse you, but Isaiah was written about 700 years before the time of Christ. And Isaiah the prophet in the Old Testament, as he's writing, when you get to that 53rd chapter, he begins to explain in detail that the Messiah is going to suffer and die on a cross. And it's written in great detail. Every single person in this church needs to read Isaiah chapter 53. And in that biblical prophecy, it, it tells us that the Messiah will come and that he will die and that's why we call this the suffering servant, because he's coming to serve, but he's going to suffer. He's going to die on a cross, and he will die. It will be a guilt offering. It will be a sin offering. And at that moment, when he dies on that cross, he will be imputing righteousness on us. We're not righteous. He's righteous. But when he dies on that cross, he gives us his righteousness. Okay? Now... Stay with me, stay with me, stay with me. And you're going to learn this, but whenever you're baptized, it's kind of symbolic of the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. Because you stand there in the water uh, as a dead person, and as they lower you back underneath the, 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 the water, it's symbolic of the Messiah, the symbolic of Jesus being buried. And as you come up out of that water, it's symbolic of the resurrection. And so baptism is a picture of the death, burial, and resurrection of, of the Messiah, of what Jesus Christ did. And so when, he's, when, he's, when he comes and he says, I'm coming here to fulfill all righteousness, you're going to baptize me right now. And there you see, it's one of the first times you see that he dies, that he's going to bury, he's going to resurrect. And by doing so, he becomes the Savior of the entire world. I believe that his baptism is connected to that passage in Isaiah chapter 53 but here's the fourth reason when Jesus is baptized he identifies 
It identifies Jesus to John the Baptist. That Jesus is in fact the Messiah. Now, write that down. And then you're going to have to stay with me here as I explain a few things, okay? So let's look at verse 16. All right, now we're ready. Here's, our, here's, the, here's the verse. Matthew 3. It says, as soon as Jesus was, we're going to read it, and I'm going to come back and explain it. As soon as Jesus was baptized, he went up out of the water, and at that moment, heaven was opened. He saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and lighting on him, and a voice, verse 17, a voice from heaven said, this is my son whom I love, with him I am well pleased. Let's go back and read it one more time. As soon as Jesus was baptized, he came up out of the water. He came up out of the water. At that moment, heaven opened up and he saw who's he john the baptist so john the baptist is out there baptizing all these people hundreds of people thousands of people boom 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 repent 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 locust hanging out of his mouth <laughs> jesus comes up and says yeah, i want you to baptize me <sighs> yeah 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 now okay okay so he baptizes jesus And at that moment, something happened that did not happen for any of all the other people. Heaven opens up, and John looks and he sees, the Bible says, he sees the Spirit of God descending like a dove. Was it a dove? I don't know. It looked like a dove. It doesn't say he saw a dove. It says he saw the Spirit of God that looked like a dove. And that dove came and landed on Jesus. And at that moment, a voice came from heaven that said, This is my son, whom I love. With him, I am well pleased. And I'm telling you, John had goosebumps. I got him right now just thinking about this. Woohoo! Goosebumps. Now, a couple things. Number one, this is good parenting. Say, what in the world are you talking about? Jesus, God said, this is my son whom I love. I'm I'm well pleased. And I just want to to say, if if you have children, how many of you have children? You can find something good to encourage them about. You know, how many of you know kids just get in trouble? And as a parent, you're always correcting them. Look for something that they did good. Isn't it interesting that they have this relationship where God says, that's my son, I'm I'm pleased with him. If God can do that for Jesus, you can do it for your son. Amen, amen. Now that was was free of charge. I didn't call. That was free. Number two, write this down. This This is the big stuff. What we see here is a picture of the Trinity. And the word Trinity is nowhere in the Bible. So if you start arguing about the Trinity, you're arguing about a word that's not in the Bible. That word, Trinity, is not in the Bible. Now, it's a word that we've come up with to describe God being in three different dimensions. 
You have God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. Uh, They're all three different, but they're all three the same. Oh, pastor, that's confusing. I know it is a little bit. But if you study the text, you see all three. You You have Jesus, God the Son, Jesus is there physically. He's being baptized. There he is. You see him goes down, he comes up. That's God the Son. Then you see this dove come down and ascend from heaven, descend from heaven. That's God the Spirit. God in spirit form. And then you hear this voice from heaven that says, This is my Son with whom I'm well pleased. That's God the Father. So you see God the Father, God the Son, and God the Spirit in this one text. It's amazing and uh they 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 are the they are one and the same yet they're all different you say, well i don't i don't understand that well the illustration we use you've heard this and it's very simple to understand is water h2o if you turn on the sink water h2o comes out in a liquid form if you take an ice tray and fill the ice tray full of that liquid and stick it in your freezer it becomes what's called a solid it's rock hard. It's a piece of ice. It's still H2O. One's in liquid form. One's in a, a, a solid form. And if you put it on a stove in a kettle and heat it, it becomes a vapor or steam. Still H2O, but now it's a vapor. It's all H2O. One's liquid, one's a solid, and one's a steam. Well, yeah, that makes sense. I know that. Okay, well, if you know that, then you can understand this. I think. Write this down, write this down. This, this, this is the big stuff. When all this happened, what you read about in John, or Matthew 3.16, when you read about this, it validates, that's the word, it validates that Jesus is the Messiah. It's a blessing for us to bring this program to you every day. We exist only by our faithful partners who support us through their prayers and financial gifts. If Pastor Dudley's message has been a blessing to you, we would like to encourage you to consider joining in partnership with us so we can continue to be here every day to bless others with this important ministry. Your gifts, whether large or small, are greatly appreciated and go directly to help keep us on the air. You can find out more about supporting us by calling our toll-free number, 888-818-4777. That number again is 888-818-4777. We have operators standing by and ready to take your call. You can also support us by going to our website, liftupjesus.com forward slash reach. That address again is liftupjesus.com forward slash and then the word reach. The secret to overcoming any obstacle you are facing today is revealed through one of the most extraordinary victories ever recorded in the Bible the Battle of Jericho. Joshua and the Israelites followed God's unusual plan to walk around the heavily fortified walls of Jericho for seven days. The Lord promised that at the end of those seven days, He would cause the walls of that famed city to fall, allowing His people to take possession of the Promised Land. In his book, Walls Fall Down, Pastor Dudley Rutherford shows us how the seven spiritual principles in this story are available for all of us today. You will learn how the foundation behind Joshua's victory is the key to overcoming your own hurdles and unsolvable issues. When you choose to do things God's way, walls crumble, victory replaces defeat, and a blessed future unfolds. 
Pastor Dudley's book, Walls Fall Down, is available for a gift of any size to the Lift Up Jesus ministry. This invaluable resource can be yours right now by calling our toll-free number, 888-818-4777. That number again is 888-818-4777. You can also order this book directly from our website, liftupjesus.com. That address again is liftupjesus.com. Discover how your personal Jericho battle is no match for the power of an awesome God. Call us right now and receive your copy of Walls Fall Down by Pastor Dudley Rutherford today. I'm Kyle Welch, inviting you to join us tomorrow at the same time as we again lift up Jesus with Pastor Dudley. Pastor Dudley